0: Alright, welcome to the Scottish Clans Podcast. This is Episode 2. My name's Clint Edwards. And as this is the second episode, I just wanted to take care of introductions. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about who I am, where I'm coming from. And I thought maybe that will help us get to know each other a little bit better as we move forward with this endeavor of learning about the Scottish Clans. I, uh, I have a Welsh last name. I know that there's some Edwardses that come from England. In fact, my wife has some Edwardses in her family tree and not really that far back. Her grandmother's maiden name is Edwards. And when we found that out, we had to do a quick family history check. Hers are from England, mine were from Wales. They didn't even speak the same language. And so we were okay to proceed with the relationship. But my father's side of the family is very Welsh as far as you know which the different lines and where they come from on that side of the family. However, uh, part of my grandma's side of the family has a good little chunk of Scots Irish frontiersmen back in there. And so, just to be clear on the term Scots Irish, a lot of people are in the impression that that is a mix of Scottish and Irish. That is false. According to my understanding of how this how this all went, went down, King James the Sixth of Scotland, the first of England cleared off a bunch of the native Gaelic Catholic chieftains in, in what we understand was Ulster and turned it over to the plantation of people he thought would be more loyal to him. And this ended up involving a lot of Scottish settlers in Northern Ireland. Now, these people were drawn mostly from the borders of Scotland Although there were other people from different parts of Scotland, including Highlanders, that settled in Northern Ireland there and they tended to marry with other Scots. Alright, so fast forward a few generations. They're coming across the sea over to the colonies in in North America, the British colonies, and they are, as, as they land there, they're coming from Ireland yet, and and so a lot of the people who are already there are calling them Irish, and they don't want to be confused with the Catholic Irish, as these are mostly Protestants that are coming over, and say, no, we're Scots. And so the term Scots-Irish is uniquely an American term that is not used so much back in Northern Ireland or the rest of the British Isles. Anyway, so I have a good chunk of that on on my dad's mom's side, and then on my Mom's side of the family, I have some MacFarlands, and they came actually originally from Northern Ireland, but they were not part of that Scots Irish immigration during the 1700s. These MacFarlands joined the LDS Church. They actually uh, had been living in Northern Ireland for a few generations. William MacFarland moved back to Scotland, was married, started a family there. I'm just going to give you the short version encountered some Mormon missionaries, joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is the official name of the church, and emigrated to the new territory of Utah and where he was one of the earlier settlers there in the Weber area, what later became Weber County. So I have these despite my very Welsh heritage that fills up a lot of my dad's family lines, I do have some Scottish ancestry and it is from that from those lines specifically the McFarlane's, that I got really interested in Scottish history, generally in Scottish clans specifically. Um, A little bit note on a little bit of an interesting cultural note on this Welsh background. I'm originally from Malad, Idaho which despite its French name which is another interesting story was heavily settled by Welsh Mormon pioneers. In fact in the early days of that valley, it was very common to hear Welsh as well as English spoken, and some of the early records of the, of the valley there, civic records, are kept in both languages. So heavy was the Welsh settlement there. <coughs> in fact, my understanding is that Malad Valley has the highest percentage of Welsh ancestry outside of Wales. So that's pretty good, and that's my, my dad's side of the family where some, a lot of those early settlers there. All right, so there's my, there's my ancestral background. Um, I'll, well, I'll tell you how I got interested in the Scottish clans. I found a book from my mom's side of the family. It said, In Loving Memory of William McFarland and Margaret McCormick. And those are my ancestors that had converted to Mormonism or the LDS Church and had emigrated over to Utah. And I got to looking in there. I was only about 13 years old at the time. And got to looking at some of the introductory material where they're trying to give you a cultural context of where these people are coming out of. And it's talking about the McFarland's as a Highland clan and all the different cultural things that go along with that. And that was plenty to fire up my very active imagination. And so I really, since then, I've been way interested in this stuff. Uh, professionally, I am a teacher I also have professional experience as a soldier, as a cowboy, I have worked on my, my mom's, my both my grandpas, my dad's dad and my mom's dad are were cattlemen, and so I've had a lot of really cool experiences working on those ranches, I've had a lot more of that experience on my mom's side of the family's ranch, I've worked for them for quite a bit full-time, and had some really cool experiences there on um, the soldier background when I was in college I ended up long story short enlisting in the Utah Army National Guard I attended was attending college at the Utah State University and just the plants lined up and that was the right thing to do so I got involved in that and that as I got out of my basic training and a Domestic deployment is kind of how I call it. I was providing, helping, helping provide security at a at an Air Force base. After I did that for a year, I got back into college, and that got me into the ROTC there. So I ended up going through that program and commissioning as an armor officer. During that time period, after that that post enlisting pre graduation period, I met my beautiful wife. And that's been the start of the best thing that's ever happened to me. So we were married and we finished college at the exact same time, graduated together. I had to go to my basic officer leadership course out in Fort Knox, Kentucky. We came back and I ended up going through some more, uh, some more schooling with the LDS church. And now I work full time for, for them teaching seminary, which is not a collegiate situation like a lot of, like the term is used in a lot of other contexts. I teach to high school students. It's a full-time position when you live in the land of Mormons where there's a lot of them. So that's what I do for a living. I consider myself a family man. I, my wife and my, my four kids are a, a big deal to me. And I can't imagine going any other route, although I'm not, uh, I'm not telling you how to live your life. You do what you think is best, but I'm just saying that the, my most intense joys have come from my family. Um, as far as hobbies are concerned, I love history, which is why I'm doing this podcast. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, my interest in history has actually largely been driven by family history and where I can see my ancestors, where they had an involvement, and that's lent a very personal touch to my interest in history. I enjoy playing the guitar. I love riding horses. I love riding horses specifically when there's work to be done. That, involved, that, that involves cattle, but also I just love riding horses just for the fun of it. But I love it when there's a job to do. I really enjoy anything that just gets me out into the lonesome country. That's a fun thing about living in Southeast Idaho, where I do, is that there's lots of lonesome country, and there's lots of places to just get lost, and not, not really lost, but just away from everything. Where I live, it doesn't take me very long at all to get into some places where I will not see other humans for as long as I'm out there. Uh, so I enjoy hiking. I enjoy camping out there. I love hunting and shooting rifles, specifically. Pistols are fun too, but I really love rifles. Specifically, I love shooting long range. It's one of my f- fun things I enjoy to do. My something I've noticed that was interesting about looking back through my different lines, of my, the different lines of my family tree is I've noticed that. Every branch of my family, they were – well, let me say this differently. Every time that there's been a frontier, my family has been on it, one branch or another. Not all of them at the same time, not every frontier. But, I mean, if you think about Northern Ireland, like I mentioned earlier, as a frontier, you know, you've got new guy, there's natives. Not all that fond of the idea of other people taking over their lands and they were coming into there and I have I have both sides of that mix in my family tree. But that would have definitely I could think you could call that a frontier. Has a lot of similarities with frontiers of North America as you have pilgrims coming over from either England or or the Netherlands, where they had originally those those Plymouth colony settlers originally had come out of the Netherlands, but they were English I have uh, folks in that group when they came to North America, and it was that was the, that was a the frontier then for them, anyway, not for the natives, but for them it was a frontier. And so I've got ancestors in there as the frontier pushes farther west and crosses the Appalachian Mountains, and that trans Appalachia area is the new frontier. I've got ancestors there, and as the the whole continent opens up to, to, uh, to settlement by these European uh, – these people who originated from Europe as, as it goes clear back into the Rocky Mountains and farther. And I've got uh, – we're, we're neck deep in ancestry that was involved in, in that part of our – my country's history. Anyway, so I just think that's interesting, that, that frontier heritage. Now, I already mentioned this book that I have about the McFarland line. And, and by the way, mine spelled it a little bit different. If you look at the clan, uh, the official clan, McFarlane, it's capital M A C capital F A R L A N E, Far Lane, which represents the original pronunciation, probably closer. My ancestors dropped the A out of Mac. And it's not far lane, it's far land. So as I looked at their, that family history, I got involved in that. I, I already mentioned that, so I won't go into a ton of detail on that. But as I worked on my master's thesis, I decided to do my thesis on the Scottish clans. As I mentioned in episode one, I did my master's thesis on a, about a comparison and contrast between the Highland and border clans in the realm of warfare between roughly the years 1300 and 1600 and that really, really sunk this subject deeper into my heart because I learned how to research better. And I really learned how to dig for these sources and I learned what else was out there. And as I opened up a whole new world of sources to read aside from what's just what'll come up at the top of a Google search. wow. That started to paint this picture and excuse me, started to paint this picture much more vividly for me, which once again fired up this overactive imagination I have. And here I am doing a podcast about it. So that that master's thesis that really had a lot to do with, with where I'm at with the subject right now. I still have a lot to learn. As I mentioned in episode one, I do not consider myself all knowing on this subject. Not even in the top ten percent like there 's there's some people who know a lot about this and they 've been studying it and they 're professors, and that 's what they do for a living and i don 't do this for a living. This is something I am passionate about yet i don 't spend all day long. This is not how I feed my family by doing this and so there's there's some there 's some parts of Scottish history and part of the cultural context that I feel like I would benefit by studying more about, for instance the Scottish legal system as it has existed during the historical period of the clans when I say the historical period of the clans I'm specifically meaning the clans that we would recognize now by people's surnames so this time period a lot of the clans I found out have got their start really in the 11 or 1200s. some of them later than that clear up and through for for the Highlanders this would lead us clear up and through the mid 1700s as far as operating as a clan, so the how what was the broader political context of Scotland as a whole? I think I could have a, a lot to learn there that would broaden and deepen my understanding of the actual Scottish clans themselves. Um, I'm not a fluent Gaelic speaker. I read Michael Newton's book Warriors of the Word, and I my understanding is that he's a he is a Gaelic speaker and he can approach that subject from the standpoint of the Highlanders. And and this podcast is or this yeah, the nature of this whole podcast is not relegated specifically to the Highland clans. Yet I do think not being a Gaelic speaker is a limitation on understanding really understanding the cultural context there. Anyway, those are some of my limitations. Some of my background, how I got interested in this, what I do for a living who I am, what I love I I have a good life I've been very blessed and I look forward to getting to know you guys as we proceed with this podcast and as we interact with each other so I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll, we'll call it good for now